Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, House of Havoc proudly presents their podcast tag team champions of the world, the big guy Chris Johansson, the muskrat Alicino, and as always, I'm that J-I-double-M-Y, the death of Kayfabe! When wrestling fans think of the best Royal Rumbles of all time, there's a small handful that come to mind. Most people would tell you the 1992 Royal Rumble where Ric Flair won the WWF Championship by outlasting 29 other superstars is the, bu- is the best. Others may say that the 1997 Royal Rumble where Stone Cold Steve Austin would win his first of three Rumble matches. One that is often overlooked is the Rumble that took place 20 years ago, the 2002 Royal Rumble. With some excellent surprise entrance, one of the best moments in Rumble history taking place, and the return of the injured Triple H, 2002 is one of the best and most overlooked Rumbles in history. All right, guys, listen, Pat McAfee said it best. You got to look good to feel good. You got to feel good to play good. Well, we're going to help you guys look good with Saatchi Di Denaro, all right? It's the finest Italian material. It's fire. It's comfortable. And we got a saving for you, all right? You're going to use promo code HAVOC for 10% off your total purchase at SaatchiDDenaro.com. Also, check them out over at Instagram at SaatchiDDenaro. SaatchiDDenaro, always authentic, never counterfeit. So the 2002 Royal Rumble was the last Royal Rumble under the WWF name before it turned to WWE, and it was also the final Royal Rumble before they did the first brand uh, split, or extension we'll call it. Uh, It was the 15th annual Royal Rumble, and it was in Atlanta, Georgia. And then these are just some, you know, buy rates. The buy rate was 670,000. And the attendance was 16,106, which seems kind of lower nowadays, right? Like, as compared, but well, I guess, not whatever. A, not a dome show. Right. They, right. they really, they, 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 they only did, I think. Yeah, like 90s, Ford Field was when they started doing stadiums regularly yeah. like that, right? And 97 was uh, at the San Antonio, the San, what is it, San, where the Spurs play, you know, like that uh, giant uh, dome in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a dome show. Um, the Alamo Dome. The Alamo Dome, thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. Um, and other than that, I think every Royal Rumble to that point was just at a regular, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand. Which is nothing to sneeze at. No, 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 no. Fifteen thousand no. tickets is a lot no. of. Fu- no, how, how many tickets were at the it, Grand Slam we were at? That was like a fourteen. Twenty-two. Was it twenty-two thousand? Yeah, twenty-two. And that's an amazing number yeah. today. We're talking it, about twenty years to, ago. It's hard to it's hard to compare the buy rates. Because it's totally different now, but you also got to take into consideration inflation. I mean, it's twenty years. Ago. Oh, one hundred percent. So the the tagline was thirty men, one match, one winner. Um, and here we go. So commentators: Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, uh, interviewers: Coachman and Cole and Lillian Garcia. The the host of the show was Shawn Michaels. the The ring announcer was Howard Finkel, and the referees. I'm not going to go into them, but they were basically everybody. The Hebner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think Remsburg. Uh, I think with Shawn Michaels, I think originally their plan was to have him enter the Royal Rumble, because they this was in a, in a time when you know he had gotten himself straight, straight right, and uh, Vince was looking to bring him back, and I think they wanted him for the Rumble, but then he turned it down. He wasn't ready to get back in the ring at that point, but he was getting himself back into shape because he would make his debut. I think what like right after WrestleMania or something like that, he would come back. Yeah, as, as a member of the NWO. Because this was like a huge, you know, 2002 was such a giant year of transition for the WWE because so many things were, so many parts were moving. I mean, this is right after the invasion angle had just ended. 
You know what I mean? So it's like there's, there's a lot going on. Whatever new faces from WCW that did stick around yeah. are still relatively new faces. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like this is, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the match, but this is uh, Flair had just come back right before this. And mm-hmm. he was like one of the first, you know, Booker T came over right away. But Flair was like one of the first. Big ones. Uh, big ones. Like WC, like a guy yeah. who was associated with WCW to come over. Mm-hmm. And initially they brought Flair in just to be an on-screen personality, not a wrestler. Meanwhile, he's wrestling in this ma- in a match against Vince McMahon at this Rumble. Yeah. So there's five matches that, that does not include the Royal Rumble. So the six in total. Uh, and I'm just going to start us off. I'm going to tell you who fought the results, and then you tell me what you think about it. So open the night with a five-minute match. I know the Royal Rumble consumes a lot of it, so it's you and have to cards take, are much smaller. It's t- like a two and a half hour right. card. You yes. have to take it with a grain of salt. But five minutes. Spike Dudley and Taz were the tag team champions, and they defend against the Dudley boys. They won. Then Taz and, and, and Spike won. Yeah, they were the champs coming the, in. This though. is the Dudley boys with Stacy Keebler, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. So 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 they so they, they retain. My first so go ahead. my first commentary on this match is for it's just a sign of the times and how not a good look. For um for women, at the start of this match, Jerry Lawler constantly referencing the puppies and how he'd like to play with her and how he you know she's too pretty to be in the ring. Uh-huh. And then at one point, the at one point she jumps up on the apron and gets herself involved. And Jr. says, "What's this Jezebel doing up here?" <laughs> it's just overall how the company was, how the world was, you know, just a little a bit. You have to chalk up to a different time. And but like even like even for that time, the shit Jerry Lawler would say, even all the way up to like 2008, was never really. Should have been okay, but it's just the way the time was. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, here's the thing: you could you could always look back and try to retcon what they did and how this was bad or whatever. Yeah, and that's it not was... what I'm trying to do. Just point it out so much because you forget about it. I'm watching it when just... when Jr. calls him a Jezebel. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Right. Just just real quick, I don't know if either one of you are watching Pam and Tommy. It's on Hulu. I haven't started yet. No, I haven't started yet. But it's, I will. It's really well done. And if you look at, like, I remember, because I grew up in the, the, the thick of when Pam Anderson was, like, the sex symbol. And she, like Kim Kardashian of today, because Kim Kardashian could, you know, for not for us necessarily, but for a lot of guys is considered a sex symbol. They made their their big breaks on sex videos. I mean, how else were they going to get over? I mean, Pam Anderson, listen, she was not a good actress, but very nice to look at in the day. Right. And again, it was just the way society was. Things were just different. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. So again, you have to chalk that up. I mean, and more appealing to, I mean, at this point, two thousand two, the the target the demo t- is ten to to thirty nine ish. It's the tail end of the attitude era. So it's, y- it's still attitude era esque. I mean, it's not we're appealing. Era, we're appealing to younger, hornier, probably mostly <laughs> single men. Well, it's the eighteen to thirty nine year old male that you're yeah. to at this point. You know what I mean? And so, who wouldn't want to see Stacey Keebler jump up on the ring apron, pull her shorts up so her ass cheeks are hanging out, and wiggle her ass? I mean. To this day, I would still like to see that. I mean, I'm not just that's, just that's just me being honest. I mean, I'm a red-blooded American male. Like, yeah, like I would like to see that. So, I mean, and again, I'm not saying like it's like I, you know, I have a daughter. I don't want my daughter doing that. But again, this is what at the time was it's acceptable. it's what it was. It's what was accepted. It was a different time, and obviously, thankfully, we live in a world today where with the women, it's about the wrestling first and foremost. And yeah. can, can we just say this before we move on? Stacy Keebler is one of the best-looking divas of all time. Oh yeah, well, that, that goes. Mr. Alcino's favorite over there. I felt like that goes favorite. without saying, but whatever. Well, I mean, I, I have to bring it up. I mean, yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as the ab- so the match, as far it's as the match minutes. goes, it's a quick match. 
anytime you see Spike, you're going to get a, a lot of crazy bumps, that little crazy fuck that he was. And we also saw not one, but two Spike, what's it called? The Spike Driver? Oh, like the, the, it's like the sliced bread, but instead of flipping, it's the sliced bread cutter. Yeah. And uh, they wound up retaining, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think this is right before Taz. I think this is one of Taz's last matches before. Him. Had to have been because yeah. by 04, he's a full blown SmackDown yeah. commentator. Because I think he, I think he, I don't think he wrestled too much after this. Maybe he was on that WrestleMania 18 card. Maybe because I think at the time, I, I think Chuck and Billy were the tag champs at the time of WrestleMania. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, what did you think about the match? Five minute tag matches. Five minute tag matches. A five minute tag I mean, match. Ta- Taz couldn't really do what he could normally do. Right. I mean, the Dudleys at the How- time are probably the best tag team in the world mm-hmm. at, that, mm-hmm. at that point. How time. long are you going to go with uh, Taz wait, you know, o- only months before retirement and fucking Spike Dudley? Right. Yeah, 100%. Right, right. All right. So, match number two uh, Edge comes in as the Intercontinental Champion and he drops it. To William Regal, they give they're given ten minutes to work singles match. What do you think? Well, this was a transitional. I mean, Regal was definitely a transitional champion because I think he dropped the title to I want to say RVD at at Mania. I think so. Yeah. If I'm not I mistaken, I think that's 100 percent accurate. Um, and and you know it was a solid match. I mean, you're not you know with Regal and Edge, you're not going to have a bad match. It was not it, you know they told Regal them, was a very underrated worker from from my own perspective. No, he's growing great, up. Great I didn't. Worker. I never saw. I always thought he was so bland. But he looking back, he's Regal's another company guy who just did whatever he needed. To yeah, do, you know? and then got thrown away in the trash. A I would love to see ago. him. Uh, he's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He'll be all right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was going to say Regal definitely one of the more underrated wrestlers. If not of all time of this era, you know of gold the, dust too. But yeah, whatever. Gold, yeah. Well, we've already gold dust. Dustin has dug himself out of that hole with his work as of late. Yeah, Regal wasn't afforded that opportunity. Um, great old school heel storytelling with the screwy finish, and we had seen leading up to it the week before, where he had not, or not the week before, a couple weeks before, he won his way into the match by winning the shot with the brass knuckles. Yep. Whoever ref, do you have the ref of this match? Because it, it matters. Patrick? I do not. Whoever was the ref of this match before the match opened up, pulled his trunks out, and stuck his hand down into his pants to feel around for the brass knuckles oh, it might be be- before the match, which I thought was funny. You know, it's a little funny. It's a yeah, little right. hacky, but it's also all That's... telling the story because, as we all know, ultimately Regal does still get the knucks. For the win. Well, that's that. That whole spot is a very regal spot where Regal could do the comedy, but you could also take him seriously. Yeah. Right. Now, didn't Edge get hurt right after this? Because I think Edge was in line to be get that put that next push because they were really really high on him, and I know that around this time period, I think he got hurt because they were taking the IC strap off of him because they were gonna gonna go, go with Van Dam. Yeah. And then I think they were gonna push Edge up into that main event picture. Not saying that he was going to be champ or anything, but just more. He probably did get hurt right around this time, a little around, late. Yeah, I, I think he was next in line to get like that big push. Well, WrestleMania 18, that's what it was, right? Which the one leading up to this was WrestleMania 18. Yes, right? yeah. So, because going, I mean, I have it in my notes, and we'll get there. But they had no plans for that WrestleMania. There was no plans. I mean, we'll we'll get there once we get yeah. to the Rumble. But match three, uh, Trish Stratus. Ugh. That's hard to say. Is the champ? She defeats Jazz, and the spe- special guest referee was Jacqueline. The match was three minutes and forty five seconds. I feel like I need to say forty five seconds because 
I mean, it gives every second Hashtag counts. Hashtag give divas a chance. Yeah, every second counts when you're talking a, a few um, minutes. And you had the screwy shit with Jacqueline being the referee when she's got the doing the slow count and the fast count. And yeah. I got to be honest with you, all three of these women are, are some of the all-time greats in women wrestling. Not good work in this match. Well, three you get three minutes and forty five seconds. Yeah. What are you supposed to it's do? It's a sprint, dude. It's a sprint. Like it's an the, the, sprint. she finishes it with just a regular bulldog. It's not even the stratosphere. Yeah. Or well, the stratisfaction. It's a sprint. You they can't call, tell a story. They call it the I mean, stratisfaction, but it's just like the, the regular bulldog that Jericho would right. do in is the middle that, of a match. Is that three minutes and forty five seconds with entrances or no entrances? No. No, that's Bell Bell. Bell Bell. Bell Bell. Okay. Yeah. I mean the the thing is is Jazz was, you know, arguably the best work female worker at that time. You know, Jacqueline, who would always, you know, she's a woman who could work with men. She could work with women. She could work with anybody. Yeah. And Trish arguably. She's still new, right? What? Trish still relatively new in the ring at this point. New in the ring, but still finding herself and developing into the greatest West woman wrestler of all time. Um, you know, until Charlotte eventually takes over that title. But, I mean, that's a whole other story. Um, but three minutes and 45 seconds, you know, what kind of story can you tell yeah. on that? So it's, you can't no. blame them for that. This is a. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this personally every time we do this show, the flashback show. Hashtag give divas a chance. <laughs> Match four. We finally get a little bit of time. 15 minutes. 14 minutes, 55 seconds. So 15 minutes. It's a street fight, but it's Ric Flair. And that you mentioned earlier that it's probably it, his first one, one of his first matches. I think. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, this was his first match since coming back to the WWE. He defeats Rick. Uh, he defeats uh, Vince McMahon by submission. Go ahead. Somebody. As far as street fights go with Rick, who at the time people probably viewed him as over the hill, but as we all know, he had another 10 years left. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, not, um, not 10 years, but he, he... Roughly 10. I mean, he definitely had the 10 years in him. When did he wind up getting retired? Well, 09? 08 or 09. No, but he's, we're talking about wrestling, singles matches. So this was on that... He had like a five or six year run where he was still wrestling. I mean, he was like the US champ at one point, I think. And... Yeah. This was the classic, you know, Vince not... A trained wrestler almost at all. Like, how much real training do you think he has? Like, someone taught him how to take a flat back bump, and he that gets was in it. The ring with a couple guys, and they show him a couple things, and that's yeah. It, you know? Like, he can bump through the basic bumps, and great, great shout out to Color the Hard Way. Yep. Both of these guys got Color the Hard Way. Oh, they beat the shit. They out of beat each other. the shit out of each other. They told a good emotional match, which Vince has always been good when he is in the ring. Now, some of it he has that built-in icing on the cake because it's Stephanie, it's Shane, it's the family angles. But this one with the the winner gets the loser's stake in the match. Right. Without well, it being I guess we should have broken that down. Yeah, the, the winner gets the loser's stake in the well, company. The, that the, Flair had bought out uh Stephanie and Shane's Shane and shares. Stephanie had sold to, to So Ray. they were technically partners at that time and see now if you look at this from the standpoint that this is the beginning of the NWO storyline and where that could have gone. I mean, how how you can't really do it any better than bringing in the WCW guy because Ric Flair was the WCW guy to go against Vince, who is the WWF. And then Vince having to resort to, to get my company back, I have to bring in the NWO. I couldn't, as a as a little you know, 18, 19-year-old whitey, couldn't have been more excited for the NWO company right, right, to right, run right. shot. And they just fucked it up because Hogan got way over again. Yeah. But that's a whole other story for another Let time. me ask you this, because obviously, oh, two, we're nine years old when this is taking place. Is this the first time, is this the birth of that look for Vince, in-ring look? the do-rag and the black-on-black of the gloves because this look becomes synonymous with Vince McMahon. Anytime he steps in the rings forward from this point, that's what he's in. 
to the point, and it's synonymous with the hardcore matches that Vince put himself in with this, because most recently, not at not at the World on GCW, but at Homecoming, I believe, Matt Cardona came out in that Vince gear, the do rag -rag with the black on black and the gloves, and it created an iconic look. I mean, people who don't know wrestling are gonna you you put that look on anybody, and they're gonna be like, oh, that's Vince, right? You know, so. I mean, you know, it's told a good story. The match, you know, is, is willing to beat the shit out of each willing other, to willing to put their bodies and on you, the line, give to, the fans a good show. You gotta look at it from the perspective too that this is like a, a confidence lost Ric Flair and a Vince McMahon who's not a wrestler, and they still put on a great match. Right. You know what I mean? Not great, but a good, a well, good, good match. enough. That, I think that's the first good match on the card because it's the first one that got any significant amount of time. I mean, you know, Regal and Edge did what they had to do with ten minutes, but still. They told a good story. But it's also, but, this is the comparing time eras thing. Now, no matter what era you're in, three and a half minutes is not enough time. Yeah. But in the in a world where the entire feature of the show is the Rumble match, which you need at least 60 to 80 minutes to, compl- to tell a, this a one proper 70. Rumble story. This one 70 minutes, right? We're in a world where the card is, you got about two and a half hours on your pay-per-view slot. Right. So if you're going over an hour on the Rumble, you only have... Another hour and twenty to do whatever promo spots Not you have even. to do for whatever PlayStation game is, is sponsoring yeah, you. Pre tapes, video packages, entrances. Not even else. the whole show is two. The whole show is two hours. So there you go. Yeah, but that's two hours on Peacock, right? That's no, the, well, no, the runtime of that show. It, they still had to fill a three-hour pay-per-view. No, it was two hours. It was three hours pay-per-view, two hours of wrestling. Yes, right. That was the that's the gimmick. So they, they have an hour of filler or whatever they had to do. So the main event before the the Royal Rumble, Jericho is the champ. He defeats The Rock. Singles match, uh, undisputed WWF championship. They get just under 19 minutes. No, refresh my memory on this one. This is a clean finish. Um, I think there's a little bit of a screwdriver. Something screwy, right? I didn't, I didn't rewatch the match. Um, I know this was in building, in building Jericho, so right. that Jericho could drop it to Triple H at Mania. You know, because that was this was like the only storyline that they had. You know, this was the culmination of the Rock Jericho feud. This is pre Scorpion King, or po- is is the Rock about to fuck off to do a movie? Yes. You think I'll find well, out? No, no, no. He he's there until SummerSlam. So he's there through rump through Mania season through the whole summer, and then after SummerSlam he fucks off, and that's SummerSlam's Brock Rock, right? Yes. So he does Hogan Hogan Rock. Well, I don't know about that. Because the Scorpion King releases April 17th, 2002. So, yeah, maybe he went and did the promotion for Scorpion King. He wasn't going to, maybe he just went to do the promotion. He probably already had filmed it. So, he uh, probably just came back, back from, from shooting filming. Scorpion King, did this That's match with Jericho. Loses one to Jericho. No, no, because he was back in, uh, I'm trying to think, because he, he, he went off after Mania 17 to do Scorpion King, then came back. And then he won the title because he dropped it to Jericho. And then Jericho, this was the culmination of that feud. Right. Because then they were going to move to, Hunter was going to win the Rumble, and then Hunter was going to go Jericho at Mania. So that's, I I mean. So he probably left after Mania to go do the promotion for Scorpion King, came back, did SummerSlam, and then after SummerSlam, he went and did the rundown or Walking Tall or both or whatever. Right, right, right. We all in this room know how I feel about The Rock. Not that I, he's not one of the greatest. Not that he's not uh, very important for the business as a whole. I don't think he 
is in the same working class as a lot of the other guys that I put up at the top. But regardless, when you have Hollywood Rock and Chris Jericho in their primes, no matter what, you're mm-hmm. getting at least three stars. And when you say that, you mean he's not in the same working class as like give me a, give me a for instance. Yeah, because that's tough. I don't agree with you at all. I don't know if I agree with like that either. Mick Foley, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Undertaker, any of the other guys that were at the top while he was there. I think there. if you ask any one of those guys, they're going to put him in that same conversation. No, he's in the conversation. I just, like, I... So, let, let's just break it down this way, because it was it was, it was was reviewed and it was rated, this show, as very high on the Rumble, very low on other things. They said that The Rock-Jericho was the worst match they've had together, that it it underwhelmed. And they had phenomenal chemistry. Yeah, which is, which is fine, but obviously... There was nothing to, to write home about about any of these matches. So says the ratings. Um, until the Rumble, which they said made up for it. Everyone thought that it was a very, very underrated Rumble, which is I think this is why we're doing it. Right? So. Well, I think, you know, personally, I think this is one of the best Rumbles of all time. It's a good one. Because it's got everything you want. You want. It's got great spots within the match. I mean, the main... Under- you're talking about the match or you're talking about the, the, the match whole card? The not, whole the, not the paper. Okay. The Rumble match itself. Right. So I think... like the 92 Rumble, like the, the undercard is pretty bad. The 97 Rumble, the undercard is bad. But the, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view is built around one match. I mean, right, 100%. So that's why I'm saying I think this is the most underrated Rumble match itself because of the star power, because of the, the surprise returns. Right. You know, because you had, like, for me, uh, as an 18-year-old, you had Big Boss Man and Mr. Perfect coming back. You had Goldust coming back. You had The Godfather coming back. You know, you had, like, good surprise entrance. Guys the Godfather was a sick entrance when yeah. he came out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, and the whole, his, whole, his whole thing in the Rumble was his entrance. Well, yeah, with the whole train. he was in and out, right? Yeah, with the yeah. whole train. So, I guess we're up to it. Let's do it. 70 minutes it ran. Um, Triple H wins, eliminating Kurt Angle. He... Uh, Gets the shot at WrestleMania 18. I know Perfect was in that Final Four. Angle, Triple H, and Austin. So since we have not broken down a Royal Rumble, how would you like me to do it? I have all the entrants and with the order that they came in and Let's the order that they were eliminated. Go by, go by fives. All right. Well, here's here's can I kind of say this before we start. The, 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 I looked at all the entrants in the Royal Rumble and I wrote them down. And 20 of the 30 guys are in the Hall of Fame, whether it's as a tag team. Yeah, that's or what as, I was saying as, to one of you when I was watching it a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's like so many Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's 20 out of 30 guys are either in the Hall of Fame or going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and again, as either, you know, like it could be like the Hardy Boys as a tag team. Right, right, right. They're going in the Hall of Fame. Of course, fame. yeah. You know what I mean? And they had the Hardys had a good spot in this match. Yes. They came out like back to back. Back to back in 9 10. They and take it was Taker, right? Mm-hmm. They they came in, Taker yeah. threw them both out. Well, and Taker then, ran rough shot, like, and the but there was a whole gimmick between them and Taker leading up to this. Yes, that, well, because I think that that led to the Jeff Hardy ladder match. Yes, but there was something leading up to the Rumble that there was a, a gimmick between Matt and Jeff and Taker. Matt Taker, yeah. And then Taker throws Matt out, Taker throws Jeff out, or throws them both out. And then they, correct me if I'm wrong, they come back into the ring after they're already eliminated and fuck with Taker some more, yeah, right? Yeah, but he and, still beats the show. Yeah. yeah. So give me the first one and two and then the first three to come in. American Badass Taker, right? Yes, yeah. American Badass Taker. Yeah. Rikishi draws one. Goldust draws two. See, you look at that. Neither one of those guys do you think. I mean, Rikishi was in the title picture a year before but never won a title. 
Goldust was an IC champion, but at this point, he's like a returning Goldust. So you don't think in your mind that either one of those guys has a chance. Now, every time a, a, a number one comes out or a number two comes out, for that matter, it's guys you think that well, just We know Rikishi doesn't have a chance because his fat ass ain't going 65 minutes. Well, that's my point. I mean, but at that time, you didn't think about that. You were just – because, like, when you first used to watch the Royal Rumble match, it was not about the surprises or this or that. It was just like, oh, oh you're getting to see the 30 top guys in the WWF or E or whatever come out. and Well, this is a time – Excuse me, this is a time where they had 20 or 30 top guys on the right. roster at one time. Right, but again... What do they have, seven top guys right now? Eight, nine, ten top guys? Well, they have, like, 40 top guys, but they don't book them right. I mean, well, you know what I Stone mean. Stone Cold Steve Austin lasts the longest in this match at uh, blah, 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 26 minutes and 46 seconds. All right, well, who's, who's three and four? Yeah, though? give me three, four, five. Three, four, five? Mm-hmm. Boss gonna... Man's three. Is there a, that's his return, right? A surprise. Yep. Bradshaw's four, Lance Storm's five. And Brett, so Landstorm holds his own in this match for a long time. Bradshaw's a tag team guy at this point. Tag team guy, but I think he was a believable entrant. No. No, you don't think so? Watching it, I felt like they positioned him as looking strong. Well, he he didn't really, because he didn't get that push until 04, 05. You know, the the JBL character. He was still just a tag team. And I watched that thing thing on Peacock. What? Which thing? Um... it was like a documentary. 24 when they became 24. A, when they became APA. Oh, okay. Oh, it's so good. Anyway. Well, I mean, this is a whole separate podcast, but has, has anyone been more mismanaged than, than Ron Simmons? No, big, big, because he was the first ever African-American champion, and, you know. <laughs> but yeah, was, but I mean, like, he was, he was Ron Simmons. He was Farouk. He was in, um, what was the, what? He, he, the Nation of Domination was really good for him. It was how they brought him out as Farouk Assad, where he was like the gladiator. That was fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And as APA, I thought they were a badass kick-ass. Badass. Team. Anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, six is Al Snow. Seven's Billy Gunn. Eight is The Undertaker. So you you see now how they booked this Rumble. It's like eight undercard guys before Taker comes well, out. Well, so, so, so far we had Big Boss Man return, probably not going to win. Bradshaw, tag team member. Five was who? Landstorm. Lance Storm, not another gonna, tag guy, another tag guy, not gonna win. Six is Al Snow. All right, not gonna another win. guy, not seven gonna win. is Billy Gunn. Another tag team guy. Tag, well, he's this, tagging with Billy oh, at this point. Billy at this point. Yeah. No, oh, Chuck, Chuck, Bill. Chuck, 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 he was Billy. Chuck and Billy. So yeah, sorry. So here we go. Now, now the storylines start to kind of form. So, so take her at eight. It gets to number eight for us to get our, our, our first like, real contender. And Taker take gets in in like Queen's house, right? Yeah, he, yeah uh, he's standing in the in the ring alone at number nine when Matt Hardy comes out. Yeah. And then number 10, Jeff Hardy comes out, mm-hmm. and he clears the two of them out, and then who comes out at 11? Maven. Maven, who's just won season one of Tough Enough, and ultimately, I mean, this match probably didn't help him out too much in his... No, bullshit. This is the, this is the moment of the match. He eliminates The Undertaker. Yeah. They tried yeah. very... This very, is the moment of the match. This is yeah. the moment of the match where... It's fucking Maven. Like, so, let's know, just... But, so, but did it pay off long-term? Because who's fucking Maven? Yeah, but at the time, though, at the time, this really yeah. helped them out. So... I mean, it, you have to look at it... From, you can't look at it from, like, well, did it work out? No, it didn't work out. But Maven, this gave him such a big... You know, for the next however many months, he's, like, winning the hardcore championship. I mean, he got that little boost from this match. Yeah, it wasn't for lack of effort that it didn't work right, out. Right, So, I mean, that's... I mean, and... You know, I, I mean, Undertaker beat the shit out of him after the fact, so, which kind of killed it a little bit. But Right, so that's Undertaker eliminates. That... Undertaker comes in at eight and eliminates seven people. 
clears the, clears the ring. He, Undertaker, right, is eliminated at 10. By Maven. Mm-hmm. Maven's at 11. Maven comes in at 11. Because Taker comes in 9, then it's Hardy and, and Hardy. Matt and, and Jeff, Maven, and then right? Maven. And then Undertaker comes back into the ring to eliminate Maven. And then who comes in after that? Isn't it like Hardcore Holly or something? Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty Too Hotty comes in. We do get a worm. We do get a big pop. You know, one of those even well, back he's then. He's in the ring by himself at that point, right? Isn't he in the ring by himself? And that's when he does the worm or no? No, he does the worm on someone. Oh, okay. yeah. Then we got Christian. I'm gonna do three here. Another tag team. Christian no, Diamond Dallas Page. Singles. He's not tagging with Lance Storm at this point. Oh, maybe they're the Un-Americans at this point. Mm-hmm. I thought they hadn't formed yet as the Un-Americans. They might not have, but I thought they were tagged. And they might have been tagged, but I thought this I don't think they had Test as their lackey yet. This but... was like when he had like that theme song where it's like, Christian, you're finally on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, so I thought yeah. maybe maybe that's why he wasn't. So Christian at 13, Diamond Dallas Page at 14. Chuck Page, Page I think, was a surprise, was he not? Yeah, I believe. Um... No, no, he was there because he did no, the cause... gimmick. Yeah. Taker, yeah. Yep. Chuck Palumbo at 15. Okay. Godfather at 16. Guy. Godfather, the whole deal was the entrance, in and out. Mm-hmm. Yep. He lasted uh, two minutes. Yep. Albert. Prince Albert. Mm-hmm. He lasted 48 seconds. Another guy who's not going to win. He lasted 48 seconds. Uh, Perry Saturn, and now we'll, we'll get to that. Perry, I forgot about Perry Saturn until I saw him come out. Talk about voided up. That guy was an, ahead of his time. Yeah. Way ahead of his time. As far as being like a big guy that moved the way he did. Yeah. Right? Way yeah. ahead of his time. So, so far we have one guy through 18 that one legitimate we could think legitimately so win with yep. just Undertaker. Okay. 19, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Here we go. go. Guy who's done it three times already at this point or twice three at this times. point? Three times already. Because he, he was the previous year's winner. He won 97, 99, and 01, right? 97. 99, 01. No, 97, 98, 01. 97, 98, 01. 99, gotcha. Vince won. 90, 91, King of the Ring. No, right? 96, he won King of the Ring. Who won 99 King of the Ring? I want to say Billy Gunn. Really? Okay. Stone Cold enters at 19. Like I said, he lasts 27 minutes and 46 seconds. He also eliminates seven people. Um, 20, Val Venus. 21, Test. 22, Triple H. There's the winner. So we've seen, yeah, he is the winner at 22. So we've seen three guys now. And test well, I mean, depending point. on how you view test, yeah, test might have been a guy who you would think about. He has a chance winning yeah. it. All yeah. right, well, because test was you know the six foot was he six eight six nine? No, sub, he's like six six. He was a big guy. He's yeah, a, he's a big, big guy. guy. Had so the look. Guy, he's the that. super. He's the the guy that Vince would want to push, to, regardless of how many times he fails. And now we enter that the uh, that sweet spot. So the hurricane, twenty three, uh, Farouk twenty four, Mister Perfect twenty five. One of the final four, Mr. Perfect. Yep. This Tor- is right before he died, right? Um, well, they he was on the plane ride from hell after this, mm-hmm. which was after WrestleMania. He was actually, I have it in my notes here. He was um, he was contracted to the XWF, which was Jimmy Hart. After he had left WCW, tried to start a promotion. He had Hulk help him for a couple of shows. It was a uh, it was TNA before TNA because it was like a pay per view style, and they're right. building the company around Mr. Perfect. Huh. So Hogan and Perfect didn't touch, but they were both on the show because they were like the name identity guys. And they had like random, like Superfly Snooker was on there, Piper was on there, 
they brought a lot of these older guys back, but then they were trying to build up these young guys. And I forget who, but there's a big time wrestler that came out of there, like as a young guy. I forget who it was. But at the time, he was not contracted to the WWF. He was contracted to the XWF. At the time of the Rumble. At Hmm. the time of the Rumble. Just an interesting footnote. So, Mr. Perfect 25. Okay. So now, Kurt Angle at 26. There's a... Legitimate, yeah, legitimate contender. Uh, Big Show twenty seven, legitimate contender. Kane twenty eight, legitimate. legitimate. Rob Van Dam twenty nine, legitimate. Yes, because that's that's when he was first starting to get his like push. Right, and they was, pushed the shit out of Rob Van Dam. Yeah, they weren't gonna put the title on, but he was gonna be the. Well, I see. I we see. we've come to learn. Right, I don't know if it was the, common knowledge. You know, the the wall of kayfabe being what it was still twenty years ago, and the lack of the internet wrestling community. I don't know. You could tell me. Did we know at the time that the reason he would never get the title was because he was such a pothead? Not even a pothead. He he was a pothead, but he was also like an advocate. An advocate. Yeah. And that's why they would never put the belt on him. But yeah. did we know that then? Did you know that? At, no. No. I mean, I knew he smoked. Everybody knew he smoked pot. I mean, how, yeah. You know. How do you not know? Um. Thirty was. Thirty was. And I mean, you guys can guess if you want, but he actually lasted the the least amount of time. Was it everybody. like a joke? Nope. Some could even say, maybe not at this time, he's a viable winner, but 33 seconds he lasted. Any guesses mm. at all? Trying to, I'm trying to like... From WCW. I'll give you a big hint. Booker T. Yep. Mm. If, I, if you let me just get there, I would have got there. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. I would have but to think long and hard. But I he got in. He eliminated Rob Van Dam immediately. And then somebody not And then Stone Cold Steve Austin eliminates him. Well, that was at the end of their feud because that's after the grocery store and all that other stuff. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> so. Hey, got milk. <laughs> man, talk about a guy that came 20 so, years too early. Final Booker. four. Uh, I mean, Booker had his due. So final four, Triple H, Kurt Angle, Mr. Perfect, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Four legitimate contenders, which you always love to see that. Whitey, do you know, run down how the final four played out do you know enough I to think austin eliminated perfect and then i'm again i'm guessing austin eliminated perfect angle eliminated austin triple h eliminated angle if i'm not mistaken i know triple h eliminated angle because else you know said it already St- kurt angle and mr perfect eliminate stone cold steve oh, austin then triple h eliminates mr perfect and kurt angle at the same time no, or not, not at the same time with uh, a minute and change past each other so this rumble, obviously, it sets up the return of Triple H, and it sets up, I mean, Triple H as we know him today for the most part, right? The character of Triple H, because was he kind of still well, Hunter Hearst well, Helmsley before happened. this? When he, when he left, when he blew out his quad, he was the, the number one heel in the company. He was feuding with Angle, um, who Angle at that point was kind of like 50-50. Like he was kind of leaning towards being a face, but he was still being a heel a little bit. Because Austin and Rock were not there. Because when when Triple H got hurt, they had all three of their big guns were gone. You know, Rock was doing the movie. Mm-hmm. Austin was hurt, and and uh, Triple H now was hurt. So when he came back, he got that incredible pop at the Garden, which people consider to be the biggest pop, one of the biggest pops of all time. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a surprise. They knew he was coming out, but they gave him such a long, sustained pop. I think uh, Jim Ross talks about on his podcast how he just laid out for a good minute and a half. You know, Jerry was trying to like be Jerry, and uh, Ross put his hand on his on his knee and was like, "No, let's lay out, let him let him have it." You know what I mean? And excuse me, I think um, 
that was the deciding factor to have Triple H go over Jericho at because Jericho conceivably could have still been the champion. They could have had him feud with Austin and beat Austin and still right. continue that catapult. But because he came back and the response was so strong, and then the worst part was it was all trumped by Rock and, and Hogan at WrestleMania. Yeah, but this is leading into the formation of Evolution. It's even before that. It's a little bit before that. Was it even wasn't even a thought yet? Like this Triple H and, and Flair hadn't even come together yet. So this is after now they signed Hogan, Hall, and Nash. They're bringing the NWO in. What are you doing with Austin? What are you doing with The Rock? So they have the two top stars feud with the NWO. Obviously, Hogan and Rock go into a feud with each other because Austin didn't want to work with Hogan. Because so it should have been Austin Hogan instead it was Austin Rock. And then obviously the fans turned Hogan because they wanted Hogan like me. I mean I. I wanted to see Hogan beat The Rock. So, obviously. Two real quick <laughs> footnotes. Kane's known to eliminate how many people, right? All the time. Yeah, he's got the record. He eliminates 12. He eliminates one in this match. Well, I think Reigns has the record. Now. It's the big show. I think they're tied. Okay. Yeah, so he eliminates one person. It is the big show. And the other thing is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin eliminates the, his 36th career competitor from the Royal Rumble. Most ever, right? Which he would hold the record for eight years until Shawn Michaels breaks it at the 2010 Royal Rumble. So, that's it. That's the Royal Rumble in in and of uh, of itself. So now, basically, I know we got into it already, right? But these are the feuds that are born from it. We got Maven and Undertaker. Uh, We have... Well, that wasn't really a feud as much as, you know, Undertaker is bullying Maven at that point. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was a program, I guess. Yeah, we'll call it. I think we'll if anything, it also pushed the move the needle on on um, the Jeff Taker. Yes. Right. And which ultimately one of the other greatest what ifs. Did any of these guys that came back? They weren't. There were one off returns, or like Godfather was a one off return. No, Godfather was like kind of like they didn't really do anything. Were there any? Was there any return that, that had like substantial? Like was like, gold dust. So he was back and because Goldust got in, got into the tag team with Booker T after that, and they had that great run. Yeah, they did have a good. I run. I mean, they yeah. were a comedy tag team, but they were a great comedy tag team. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I should say. So, yes. And I then mean, I think I think the thing with this Rumble is if you look at it top to bottom, it's the way that you book a Royal Rumble. You know, you have this the thing everything that everybody was missing this year, you had it here because like. What moment at the Rumble? I mean, granted, we know what happened with Kofi. We didn't discuss it in our Rumble thing, but what happened with Kofi? Kofi botched that, that you know, he was supposed to catch yeah. the wall. And he, and he, Which I saw someone on Twitter, don't know who it was, you know, I was pretty sure it was a nobody, pointed out. Um, so Kofi slipped and botched it. Who gives a fuck? The, the ref didn't see it. It's pro wrestling. Right. Why do we have to just, oh, he's out now and, and now we're fucked. Well, the ref was pacing. right there. That's, I mean, that's the best. Here's the thing. You're never going to book him to win. You're always because he can't because he does the spectacle, because, spectacle every because year. Because what if something like what right. happened last? And that's you know? and that's fine though. But then, but how many times has he done it? And this yeah. is the first time I mean, we've you seen want the, the guy botch. To do something that could easily be botched over and over every year. Do something different that you know what I mean? Like that ain't easy, man. Like come on. But uh, again, like I think it's not I, the first rumble botch we've seen. I mean, no. they they botched they the botched fucking, the finish. The Diego, the Diego, the the Batista, the, Batista Cena. and Cena finish. <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, my, my point, getting back to my point, I think the, what this Rumble had is what the, this year's Rumble was lacking. You know, you had the surprise returns. You had um, spots that meant something, not just like one guy and one guy and then another guy and then another guy. and Nothing's really happening, and we're all kind of looking at the monitor to see who's coming out. I mean, this was 
well booked, well executed. You had the right final four. You know, it was set up every way you wanted a rumble to be set up. And I think because of that, this is one of the most under overlooked and underrated rumbles out there. And plus, right. you know, twenty Hall of Famers in, in, in one match is incredible. And with the with the return thing, the surprise return thing at the Rumble, you say what you want about Shane Helms. The Hurricane character resonated with people. Oh, So yeah. even if he wasn't a legitimate threat to win and even if he was only in there for 30 seconds or whatever, the music, the entrance, the <laughs> the seeing him in the getup, him getting to do his one little, you know. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't over like he was until he beat The Rock. Like, people forget that was after this. That was when, Hollywood, right. when Rock came back as Hollywood Rock. But even, like, Godfather comes out, huge reaction. Everybody, whether he can win, whether he has any shot to win or not everyone's excited to see him right didn't feel the same way in 2016 when the boogeyman came out well you, you know, know what i'm saying like don't feel the same way when kelly kelly is in the rumble every year but it's different well, here, here, here's the thing like i think i think the, the rumble 02 is like the the attitude era hung, hangover so you still you know you had val venus in there who was like a big attitude era guy you had gold dust in there big attitude era guy you had farouk bradshaw um billy gunn you know, all these guys that were involved with the Attitude Era, but now their characters are evolving. They still have that that sort of uh, top layer of the Attitude Era, but it's moving into that Ruthless Aggression Era. Because O2 is such a transition from the Attitude Era to the Ruthless Aggression Era, where you still have elements of the Attitude Era, but it's also, you're moving towards that PG Era. And I think that's what this Rumble was. You know, it was that kind of finishing up of that one... I mean, obviously, the biggest era in the history of WWE where they did the most business and everything, but moving into this transitional phase now where new wrestlers, new what, what is old is new again with Hogan, what is old is new again with Ric Flair, what is old is new again with these WCW guys that weren't able to come in. So it's, again, it's 02 is such an interesting year that I think uh, we're going to be looking at a lot in Flashback Friday, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, I mean, we've done two so far, and they're two... 2002 pay-per-views. Yeah. It's unfortunate. We just did SummerSlam out of order. We should have waited until... So. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it's just, just so crazy to me. I was just looking up Test, a couple of the guys. Uh, he died from an overdose. Yeah. Right? I didn't know... Was it overdose or steroids? No. Overdose. Oxy, oxycodone overdose. 34 years old. He died. 33 years old. Sorry. Um, He was engaged to Stacey Keebler. Yeah. And then Kelly Kelly. Yeah. All right, man. Good for you. Probably about a big hog. <laughs> I mean, Jesus I mean, Probably. He left little to the imagination with the with the trunks. How about know? how about when he was with Stacy and they did the testicles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up, all my testicles? Like, what the? 6'6", 285. The, the big reason that I've been thinking about test recently, besides these flashbacks that we've been doing, is the test drive. Uh, relative, you know, the swinging cutter from the fireman's carry mm-hmm. position. Yeah. You guys know, are you familiar with Austin Theory's finish? Is that what it is? It, so it's the test drive, but instead of dropping it into a cutter. Stunner? Face breaker on his knee. Oh. He swings him out and then drops to one knee and face breaker, you know, or, you know cutter style mm-hmm. on his own knee. Very good finish. The- Theory's the future of that company. Well, as Cornette said it recently, that and he was there for both. He he was running Ohio Valley Wrestling at the time, right? Yeah. Booking and running it. He said that Theory is more talented than Cena was at that age. Oh yeah, Theory's the you can see he's, he's and he's small, but he's not 
too small. He's not tiny. He's not tiny. He's not. I mean, he's, no, I mean, he's at, every. He's just as big as Rollins. No. Look at him and AJ in in the Rumble match. You know what I mean? Right, but AJ was a guy who forever never really made his got his due in in the mainstream because he was little. Well, but I'm just I'm just saying, look at the size comparison. Not yeah, not 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 nothing not thing to do. I'm saying just look at the size when they were the two of them were they were locking up in the rumble. I mean that's he's not a small guy. Big AJ boss man is significantly bigger than Test. Well, boss yeah. man was huge. Yeah, it's but I didn't think he was significantly bigger than Test. Bossman, poor. He boss was man. also tugboat, right? No, no. Who that was that's Typhoon? Fred Fred Ottman. He was Typhoon and yeah. Tugboat he was, and, and Shockmaster. Shockmaster. <laughs> Shockmaster, what a joke. DOA, yeah. man. Shockmaster yeah. was fucking... JB, uh, Bradshaw and uh, Tester built the exact same height and weight. Yeah. Which... I believe it, though, because yeah, but Test like, was fucking, like, Test, roided out and Bradshaw looked relatively natural well, for most of his run. JBL yeah. was, like, a country... Corn-fed corn fed boy, yeah. Boy, and and he's uh, one of the most like intelligent man. people ever in the history of WWE. Not, yes. not from a WWE perspective. From no, Test? Finan- no, 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 JBL. No, JBL. Financial, a, financial genius. Financial, yeah. <laughs> like, still on CNN. Still on Stock oh, yeah. Market Watch. Still mm-hmm. on all those things. All the time. Well, I think, you know, for the listeners Books. of this of this podcast, that they're looking for... No, they're down about the, the, the this year's Rumble or the 2022 Royal Rumble. And you want to watch a Rumble that's entertaining, that's that's booked the way any Royal Rumble should be booked. Then go back and watch this one because I think this one is doesn't get it to do the way that 92, 97. I mean, for me, 92, 97 are the two best. Mm-hmm. And this one is like a close third. Wasn't 12 good too? Didn't we say 12 was good? No, 12 was the one that Whitey really likes, but we both, oh, we both said it wasn't. Said, why 12? Yeah, I we wasn't both were like, why 12? I, the reason I, I picked like 02, 2012, it's, it, it's increments the, of 10. It's the anniversaries. You know yeah. what I mean? So okay. it's like the 10 year. We could have done like the, the 2017 Royal Rumble, which was five years ago. Which wouldn't have been a bad choice. We should we should do the 2016 one because we were in the building. Okay. That's one we should do, and I, we don't have to wait till next Rumble no, season to I do mean, more I, Rumbles. Again, I just no, I, yeah. I, I Conrad Thompson's podcast, The Podfather. We'll call him The Podfather because that's what he is. Shout out to Conrad Thompson. If you ever listen to us, bro, hit, hit us up, man. You're, you seem like a good dude. We're a bunch of good dudes. <laughs> See, like I'm not, I'm not just gonna shit on everybody on this podcast. I'm gonna throw throw shade and I'm gonna throw sunshine when where, where it's. Where I it's like it. that. Throw shade and sunshine, shade baby. And sunshine, baby. <laughs> so uh, Conrad Thompson, he 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 always picks on you know like anniversaries, which I think is you know it's just because, and I think we should pick events that are close to the events that we picked for Flashback Friday. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to write in 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 the comments or something where you, what you want to see. Well, you know. We're just a bunch of dudes who love wrestling. Right. Hoh podcasting on Instagram. So there you go. There's hit, the plug hit, for that. Hit. That's what I'm saying, man. We got to hit us. Up. What is it? Hoh. Hoh podcasting. So if you, listeners, if you hit that Hoh podcast, tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you want us to bullshit about. I mean, we're just we're just three wrestling fans bullshitting about this, and that's that's what it is. I mean, right, guys? I mean, yeah. Well, uh, so it's hard to do the flashbacks close to things because we have elimination chamber coming up and the elimination chamber was used to be that match was held at no way out and vengeance right so let's do a no way out vengeance or uh, yeah but i mean you yeah. could you, you could pick how about survivor series 02 with the first the first ever the first ever elimination chamber I mean, we yeah. can pick I that mean, we can't we're just gonna knock out every show they ever did in 02 <laughs> we're no, doing I, fucking I, I mean we could do the 20-year retrospective or i mean we could do a five-year retrospective we could do a two-year retrospective i'm going to look back at the card the entire card from vic tna total non-stop actions victory road 2011 to see if the entire card is worth giving an episode to because i would like to get into the jeff hardy story because there's a lot of interesting things that went into that 
down to the fact, just a little quick tidbit. I don't know if either one of you know about this. This is obviously the main event match against Sting for the title of uh, Big 14 at pay-per-view. Jeff Hardy's music hits. Time from music hits to Jeff Hardy coming through the curtain. Two minutes. 45 seconds. Feels like two minutes. It's an eternity. <laughs> yeah, it's an eternity. It's an eternity. So, but, but we'll uh, possibly get that, break down that next month. Be on the lookout. House think- of Havoc, we're coming at you hard. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And as always, we are brought to you by House of Havoc, Tiger Pack Productions, Sachi D. De Niro, and Stay Thirsty Company. Peace out.